Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. AHOP TV empowers believers with spirit-inspired messages and strategic equipping that accelerates your spiritual growth. You can subscribe to stream weekly content from Awakening House of Prayer, conferences, and other exclusive content to stir your hunger and encourage your heart. Visit us online at ahop.tv. Well, I want to welcome to the platform right now herself, uh, our, our spiritual mother and leader, Dr. Cindy Trim. Yes, we are so excited to do, be doing life with you, particularly during this season. Something has shifted in the atmosphere for you and your family. Your business is getting ready to turn around. Your family relationships are getting ready to be healed. Your body, your mind, your soul, your spirit is coming into divine alignment. I sense the anointing of God tonight. And I know without a shadow of a doubt, by the time we finish with delivering what God has for us and and the Holy Spirit has succulently prepared for us, your life is going to change for the best and you will never be the same in Jesus name. Glory to God. Let's just let's just agree as we welcome the Holy Spirit in and the power of God, hallelujah, to be put on display. Let's just uh, join our faith, faith together as we pray. Our Father and our God, we give you praise and honor and glory. From everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. I pray that you would think through my lips, speak through, think through my mind, speak through my lips. Let there be none of me, all of you. Let the heavens be open. Let the anointing be fresh. In the name of Jesus, let the anointing break yokes. Let no one, hallelujah, that is listening remain the same. We thank you, Father, that signs and wonder will follow the preaching of the gospel. And Father, we decree and declare that that which you had ordained before the foundation of the world, it will come to pass in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're in agreement with it, put your hands together and just begin to worship the Lord and praise the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You may uh, take your seat as we direct you to our text today. We've been, uh, we've spent the last couple of months really excavating the whole idea of spiritual maturation. Peter said, grow in grace and in the knowledge of of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The book of Romans alludes to the fact that the whole earth is groaning in anticipation, awaiting the manifestation of the sons of God. Uh, It was John that said, now are we the sons of God. It does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know when he shall appear, we shall be like him. And so we wanted to be, we want to be like him in his maturity, in his influence, in his dominion. 
and is in, in his quest to bring everything that is in this world back into divi- divine alignment, not only our lives, but systems as well, government as well, and, and, and institution as well. And in this season, we are going to be used mightily uh, by God to become a solution to many of the problems that are, are, are ailing our world today. And you have been scheduled for a head-on collision with revelation to the degree that you're able to open yourself to revelation is the degree to which you are able to see manifestation. And many people's lives are plagued by frustration because they are receiving information without understanding. And we we want to give you an understanding of the, the, the stages, the eight stages of spiritual maturation. And I'm so happy that you are joining us and you have decided to do life with us. Tonight, Today, we are going to be focusing on uh, stage number seven, stage number seven of spiritual maturation. And that stage is called We Us, We Us. And if you would turn with me to the book of Luke chapter 15, and we're going to read um, the entirety of the text. Um, I, I believe that the word of God is, is powerful. It's quick. It's sharper than any two-edged swords. Here we have presented in the book of Luke chapter 11, verse 32, the story of uh, a man that had two sons. And the scripture says he, and he said, even as Jesus is speaking a parable, the scripture says, and he said, a certain man had two sons. The younger of them said unto his father, father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. Now let's just backtrack to verse number 11. A certain man had two sons. And whenever Jesus spoke, he spoke and he, he gave precedence. He was setting up precedence so that we can extrapolate principles for us to live. And so this is the first time he's presenting a story um, of a man that has two sons. Now, for all intents and purposes, these two sons are metaphors for two different two different um, uh, periods or epochs in in man's uh, growth and in man's uh, progress and man's development, and we have two dispensations thus being presented here. The younger son represents the dispensation of grace, that dispensation that we're living in, and the older son represents the dispensation of the law. And so uh, Jesus is laying two dispensations side by side and is utilizing uh, this man that had two sons. Now, the Bible says in verse number 12, the younger of them said to his father, father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. So he was asking his father for his inheritance. He felt that he was mature enough that he can access his inheritance, not only access it, but manage his inheritance. Now, this is very important. Because when while he was thinking about inheritance, God was thinking about legacy. Because if you are not mature enough, you 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 will fail to understand that it's not about the acquisition of things and the acquisition of, of titles, but it's about what God wants to transfer to another generation. There's a generation unborn to time, and everything that we do in this generation is going to affect 
another generation. And since we're talking about believers, we have to get things right in this generation so another generation has broad shoulders to stand upon. We have to get the things right concerning morality and ethics. We no longer can compromise our Christian values. We have to get the thing right that there is a difference between church and the kingdom. And there's a difference between religion and the church. When I got rid of religion, I found God. And people are on a journey. They want an encounter with God. They want to know God. You want to know God. The scripture says that those of us that do know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. To the degree that you know God, you're intimate with God, is the degree to which you're going to be able to do great exploits for him. I am decreeing and declaring over your life. That this is a season that you will do great exploits. Your name will go down in history as a man and a woman of God that affected positive change on behalf of the kingdom for our God that made a difference. I decree that you're going to make a difference in your family. You're going to make a difference in your community. You're going to make a difference in your industry. In fact, I am prophesying over you that you are going to be an industry leader. God is going to bring so much much maturity in your life that people that overlook you last season is going to be forced to look up to you this season you are in a position where God is maturing you. So while most people have inheritance, tangible things in their mind, what God has in his mind is legacy. And he didn't realize that, yes, you are going to be able to access the inheritance of the saints in light. But we also have to consider another generation, another generation of believers, another generation of worshipers, another generation of praise leaders, another generation of of pastors, another generation of teachers, another generation of evangelists, another generation of apostles, another generation of prophets. God is going to be raising that generation up and they're going to be looking towards this generation, a generation that should be characterized by maturity. See, inheritance is what you leave. Legacy is who you leave. And this is the whole point of spiritual maturation. And so in verse number uh, 12, it continues, and he divided unto him his living. Now, there's a difference between living and an inheritance, or the Bible calls it the portion of his goods or his inheritance. Now, we're laying ju juxtaposed uh, economic language. And so we have an inheritance that he's focusing on. And the Bible said that, that his father divided unto him, uh, unto them. So you have the younger son asking for the inheritance, but he now is, is, is not biased. He divides the inheritance between the older brother as well as the younger brother. They both get, they go, both get a disbursement of, of something that is tangible that would be able to change their lives. Now, the Bible said that his father did not actually divide the inheritance, but he divided his monthly budget. Now, 
This is important because what God has prepared for you is going to blow your mind. And most of us are already thinking too small when it comes to what God is going to reveal to us and release to us in the days to come. The scripture is very, very, very important for us to understand because the Bible said, verse number 13, not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. Now, this is important to understand because the younger son perceived what his father had dispersed to him, which was a part of his monthly budget, perceived that as being his inheritance. So can you imagine the dynasty his father controlled that a portion of his monthly budget could be considered an entire inheritance by someone who was immature and did not have the ability to understand the wealth that he was surrounded by. And this is the average believer. The average believer, if you could only discern what wealth is available to you, in fact, God said it, not just to me, not just to my colleagues. He says it to all of his sons and daughters. I am able to supply all of your need, not some of your need, all of your need. And he says it to each one of us. And so many of us get excited about a million dollars or two million dollars. And if you can only understand that is just pocket change to God. And so don't put any limit on what God can disperse to you. Just say, God, I want as much as you're prepared to give me, as much as your hands are able to supply. This is what I need. Now, the Bible said not many days after the younger son gathers all together and took his, his, his journey into a far country. In other words, the far country was away from his father's oversight and supervision. Now, this is important because as you mature, the only time you will have access, that access is based on accountability and exposure. So the more you are exposed to your father, the greater the access he'll give you to the kingdom. The less you are exposed to your father, the less the less access you have to the provision that is made available to you as a part of the spiritual inheritance as well as the inheritance that God has promised you. Now, he moves himself away from his father's oversight and supervision. That means the more mature you are, the more accountable you will be. The more mature you are, the more accountable you will be. Whenever there is immaturity, the sign of immaturity is when we fail to have accountability for what God has commissioned us to do. Now, he loses accountability. And the Bible said, because he was not accountable, he wasted his substance. Now the word substance is not only referring to something that is tangible like money, but it also refers to his time, his energy, his gifts, his anointing, his potential. How many of you can look back at point, point uh, portions of your life or times in your life that you wasted. You wasted your substance. You wasted your time. You wasted your energy. You wasted your gift. You wasted your anointing. And if you look back at those times, you will discover that they were characterized by a lack 
of supervision and a lack of accountability. Now, most people don't want to be accountable because most of the people we were accountable to were immature. They had hidden agendas. It was not about developing us and challenging us and providing the discipline mechanism. It was more about uh, uh, chastising us rather than disciplining disciplining us to build the the type of of, of, of finessing of our character and the finessing of our gifts. And so when we hear the word accountability, usually people in their mind, it feels as if it's synonymous with someone rebuking you or beating you, but that is not true. When it comes to discipline, discipline is, is, it happens when you have a mentor that understands you, your gifts, your talents, and takes the time to challenge you and will not allow you to lower the standard on your performance. It's a person that raises the bar and tells you you can reach it. Even though it may be out of your grasp, they will lead you to believe it's within your reach. And as you're reaching for it, then it builds the capacity necessary for you then to not only manage it, but to shine bright and brilliantly when when God promotes you into another realm. And it's all about us understanding Understanding what it looks like to be mentored, to be fathered, uh, and, and to be challenged and trained at the level where we become responsible and accountable for who we are, and, excuse me, and for developing the gifts and the talents that God has given us. And this is vitally important for all of us. How many of us have someone in our lives that is going to challenge us at the point of our strength? Challenge us at the point of our ability. Challenge us at the point of our potential. I'm going to be very frank. Very few people are are, are going to uh, spend enough time to help you to decide what it is that God has loaded in your spirit and then challenge you to be disciplined, to to hone those skills, to polish your gifts, and to be accountable for bringing your visions and your dream to pass. Now, this is vitally important because failure to have that type of person in your life simply means that you will forever live amongst the clutter of the common where anything will do. And because most people are operating in the realm of mediocrity, they fail to understand that there is a better way to live and a better way to do things. We should be pushed to the level of, of excellence, a place where we excel beyond our last performance. This is what excellence is. Excellence is the process that allows you to be empowered to excel beyond the place of your last performance. If you are still performing the same, writing the same, thinking the same, then you do not have an excellent spirit. The thing that was said about Daniel, the Bible said that Daniel had an excellent spirit. Whatever he did, he always excelled his performance. Excellence is not competition. Excellence simply means that like someone being trained as a gold medalist for the Olympics, when you get to the Olympics, the world already has considered you to be the best in your discipline or the best in your field. You can't get any better than 
and qualifying for the Olympics. So that means that when you get to the Olympics, it's no longer about you competing with your contemporary. It's about you competing with yourself. How many of us here can honestly say that we know who we are, that we are aware of our potential? How many of us are aware of our purpose and aware of our destiny so much so that we are willing to open ourselves firstly to articulate it and then secondly to be challenged beyond where we are? Many of us would rather be with someone that makes us feel good. But whenever God brings an individual in your life, it's less about feelings and more about performance. Now, you've got you've to understand this. That if you're going to be rewarded by God, God does not reward potential. He rewards performance. And if you are not performing at a certain level that brings God glory, that brings, uh, you know, that elevates uh, the reputation of God, the reputation of our kingdom, God is not going to reward you. That means that if you know in your spirit that you should be rewarded, but you're not being rewarded, that means that you have to go and then become a manipulator. You're going to want to manipulate people. You're going to want to manipulate circumstances rather than qualifying. Qualifying for the favor of God is hard work. You see, you see, it's one thing for people to recognize you is yet another thing for heaven to recognize you. You want to be recognized and registered in heaven. And when heaven recognizes you and registered you, there is nothing that will be be become impossible for you to perform form relative to your purpose. There will be nothing impossible and there will be no barriers and no limitations whatsoever. Now the Bible said that he moves away from his father. He has no oversight, no supervision. And because he has no supervision, then there's no accountability mechanism. So he wastes his substance. And the Bible said with riotous living, he's not in touch with his core value. He doesn't know what his core values are. There are so many people that call themselves Christians, but they don't have Christian values. And you see, it's not what you do in front of the public. It's what you are doing in private. And you see, if your core values are Christians, then it doesn't matter who's watching. You will be a Christian in the dark and you will be a Christian in the light. You will be a Christian in the workplace. You will be a Christian in your home. And this is vitally important because if God is going to give you true access to your spiritual inheritance, this stage, this particular stage, this seventh stage is going to award you a position that you are able to access your inheritance. So there is a difference between positional power and then, and then power that you have qualified for. So positional power simply means that someone gives you a position and then you're recognized and you're influential based on that position. You don't just want titles. You don't just want a position. You want God to sun place you. So this seven stage has stage seven uh, A and seven B. There are two sections. Number one, when you are when you are, are, are recognized for sonship, when you're mature now, sonship, and then the heavenly father, son, places you. So this, this stage 
recognizes the difference between sonship and son placed. You, 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 you are a son, but the father can't give you access to your inheritance because you're not mature enough. And so the, the, the proof of this is what you do with your resources. The proof. Because if you waste your time and you waste your energy and you waste your gifts and you're not advancing the kingdom, that means that you're not mature enough for God really to use you because the next stage is a stage of reproduction where you become a mother in Zion and a father in Zion. And, and, and a lot of people are running ahead of this process and they're jumping ahead of God and they're having uh, spiritual sons and spiritual daughters and they're creating shipwrecks of their lives because there is no maturity in them, whereby they don't understand that their power is about legacy. And you, it, uh, legacy means that you are spending your time developing the people that are following you. And you are not developing them just to bring your vision to pass. You are developing them so that they can have a vision for themselves. You are not developing them just to help you to bring your dream to pass. You are developing them so that they can have a dream that they themselves bring it to pass as well. And so it's a catch 22. Without being in this stage, that means that the mentorees, future success is aborted. And it means that the master or the mentor, it means that their legacy will be forgotten. So you've got, you've got success and you've got legacy. You've got success and you've got succession. And so if you want succession, if you want your works to matter, so that when you become fertilizer for daisies and for roses, and, and when they, after they say dust to dust, ashes to ashes, your life really does and will matter. And this is why when, when you think about legacy, uh, the person that comes to mind uh, modern day has to be Stephen Jobs because they buried Stephen Jobs in the, gray, in the grave, but the iPhone still rings. Are you hearing me? They buried Ford in the grave, but we are still driving cars. And so when we understand legacy, legacy is what people are doing with what you did before you died. It, 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 it's, it's whether or not something is carried on. So you don't want to spend all your time and talent and energy and your finances building something that another generation will never benefit from. Let, let's write this down. Never build if the next generation will not benefit. You might as well just take your money and go on a vacation, buy you some clothes, and die happy. But if, if, if you're going to live for God, and if you're going to do something extraordinary, if you're going to invest your time and your energy and your gifts, you've got to attach it to another generation. How is another generation going to benefit from what I'm doing? If they can't benefit, you know, take down your ministry shingles and go join someone else's ministry. But don't set up your own ministry because you are wasting your time. Amen? Amen. The Bible said that he wasted his substance with righteous living. He had no control, no core values, no temperance. You know, he, whatever, wherever the wind blew, that's where he went. 
Verse number 14. But when he spent all there, there was, there arose a mighty famine, or there was an economic downturn in the land. And he began to be in want. There's something that happens when pain occurs. Pain is a course corrector. And sometimes God allows the deepest kinds of pain. He doesn't create it, but he allows it to cause, cause us to change our course. It's a course corrector. And there were some things that only, some things that only pain can do for us. The Bible said he was in want. Verse number 15, and he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And, and, and that citizen sent him into his fields, uh, plural, to feed swine. Now, here is a Jew. And it, it, it is against the uh, laws of the Jew to touch pigs, eat pigs. And so look at how far he fell. And this is, this is the enemy playing games with his mind. Because what the enemy was saying is, you're less than an animal. In other words, he's creating an animalistic way of living. Instead of living inside out as God's representative, he's living outside in as a victim of circumstances, not knowing that his decisions is all one decision is all he needed in order to change his destiny. So he goes into feeding the swine. The Bible said he would have fain filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat. And no man gave unto him. No man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, I love that when he came to himself. My question was, where was he? When he came to himself, who had control over his mind? Who did he give his personal power to? I'm going to ask you this question. Who have you given your personal power to? Or like Paul had asked to the Galatian church, who had bewitched you? Who, not, not what, who? And, and that, that's the power of a relationship. And I want to, I want to, uh, probably not go there because I could stay all night talking about relationship. Uh, your life is going to resemble those with whom you assemble. Birds of a feather flock together. Water seeks its own level. That means that the people that surround you is a mirror of what lies inside of you. And what you reject in others is secretly hidden in yourself. If only you, only you had the, 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 the integrity, the personal integrity, you would change. But as long as you rely on other people to make your life work, you will become a slave to the circumstances that they live in. Yeah. So everybody's feeding swine. Him, the people that are around him, verse number 16, then he has an appetite shift. The Bible said he would fain had filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat and no man gave unto him. This is interesting because, you know, most people now would rather feed on the carnal candies of this world than the meek meat and the milk and the water of God's word. And this is the type of state that we are living in. The Bible said those that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. And so he was hungering and thirsting after the uh, leftovers of the world. Now, this is very serious because we understand this about pigs. Pigs, number one, are fed what human beings will never consume. Number two, they will eat after they, they themselves has, have 
pushed out what they've eaten, they will then go behind and eat in the mess that they have created. Number three, if you dressed a pig up in a mink coat and diamond rings and let it rain and left the door open, it's going to return to its swallow. In other words, the contrasting here is, are you going to sink to the level of non-discernment where you no longer are operating as a representative of the kingdom of heaven? Or are you going to allow me to mature you so that you rise up and you become the prince and the princesses that God originally planned and purposed for you? And it's, only, it's always going to be based on your appetite. Your spiritual appetite is an indication of your spiritual maturity. Your spiritual appetite is an indication of your spiritual maturity. If you are desiring three ounces of milk, mother's milk, that means that you are still just a baby. But if you are desiring the meat of God's word, the revelation that will revolutionize your life, that's number one. And, the, and, and the, if you are desiring the heavier things, that's the proof of the level of your maturity. The Bible said that when he came to himself, how many hired servants of my father had bread enough to spare and I perished with hunger. I will arise and go to my father's house and will say unto my father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. So whatever you do is affecting two realms. You are affecting the realm of heaven and you are affecting the realm of earth. Whenever you sin and whenever you compromise, no man is an island. You are literally affecting the corporate destiny of everyone that is attached to you. You cannot live as a Christian believing that you're an island and what you do and what you say is not affecting or impacting how we do life and impacting and affecting someone else's life. Every single thing that you do is having a positive or negative impact and effect on someone else. And so the Bible says that he took personal responsibility. Now, if you don't walk away with anything else that I'm saying, if you are going to be successful in the kingdom, in your ministry, in your business, in your marriage, in relationships, socially and politically and culturally, if you are going to be successful, you have to learn how to take 100% responsibility for everything that happens in your life. 100. You are 100% responsible for your joy. 100% responsible for your peace. 100% responsible for your growth. 100% responsible for your success. 100% responsible for your financial condition. You and you alone are responsible for that. Not your boss, not your husband, not your wife, not your grandmother. Nobody else is responsible for how you live and how you succeed succeed and how you progress, but you, you have to take 100% responsibility. This level of spiritual maturation puts the responsibility in your lap because one day you are going to answer before God for 
everything that you did and you cannot stand before God to talk about what your daddy didn't do, what your mama didn't do, what your cousin didn't do, how much your boss did not pay you. I would have done better if. No, you are mature now and you're an adult and it's time for you to put on your adult britches. It's time to grow up. You got to take responsibility. Every day I wake up, I'm responsible. I am responsible for my success, not my staff. If my staff messed up, I'm still responsible. I'm responsible for the success of this ministry, me. Why? If I wasn't, then I might as well just hang up my shingles. And so since I'm responsible and one day I'm going to stand before the Lord, I hire the best. But if that person messes up and destroys the ministry, guess who is responsible? Me. Why? Because they didn't put a gun to my head and say, you better hire me. Your life or, or you know, they did not. I said, I think I want to hire you. So at the end of the day, I'm responsible. How you feel, whether you get divorced or not, you are responsible because you married. Do you take your boo to be your boo for the rest of your life? I do. You my boo. I'm your boo. Everybody's got a boo-boo. Are you with me? You must take responsibility. Even if you're stuck in traffic and you show up frustrated and angry and someone said, what's wrong with you? Well, the traffic. No, that's not the traffic, honey. You decided to give your personal power away. You gave your power away. You gave your joy away. You gave your peace away. And it's time to take it back. Turn to your neighbor and say, take it back. Take it back. When you come to a place, that means everybody need a pig pen experience. Because that's an aha moment. That's a destiny-altering moment. He no longer could blame it on his friends or the economic downturn. He had to go all the way back when he made the decision to walk away from his father's supervision and to walk out of the accountability process. He did it. So he said, I will arise. I. I'm going to do it. I'm not waiting. No man gave to him. As long as he waited, he stayed in that pig pan. Nobody helped me. What other story do you have? Nobody gave me an opportunity. And if nobody gives you an opportunity, create one. Create your own opportunities. I do it every day. I do it every day. Create your own opportunity. I spent this morning creating. You know, we, we, I just flew in from Africa. We flew all night. We started, uh, I think it was 8 o'clock. We left the hotel 8 a.m. We got up at 6 o'clock in the morning, went to the airport, flew all night, and I got into Atlanta 5 a.m. today. And my alarm went off 7 o'clock. And guess what? My eyes were open. And I was so excited. God, what we going to do today? He said, today is innovation day, so create. So I spent the first part of my morning creating and innovating. 
I spent, we had a layover for seven hours. It was supposed to be two hours, one hour. And then I was catching my next flight. I ended up staying in New York City until almost two o'clock in the morning. I ended up getting home at 5 a.m. this morning. So I could have said, I'm tired. The airplane. You know, I could have blamed it on the what? The airplane. And I could have blamed it on the what? Airline. And I'm exhausted and I'm stressed out. Only me and the pilot were happy. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we're getting ready to exit. <laughs> and I'm like, yes. So I took out my laptop. There's nothing I can do about that. Where everybody else was, was, was just all stressed out and pulling their hair out. I was relaxed, calm, cool, collected. And I had my laptop and I was preparing for tonight. There are some things that you can control and other things you cannot control. And the things that you cannot control, never allow it to control you. Amen. Take your personal power back. He said, I will arise. I'm going to take personal responsibility, he said. I'm going to admit. I'm going to have personal integrity, personal responsibility, personal integrity. I'm going to admit I messed up. He said, I have sinned before you. He said, and then I'm no more worthy to be called your son. It's all about son. I'm not worthy to be called your we us. I get it, God. I get it. What you were trying to do is to mature me enough so that I can have access to my inheritance. I get it. I, I get it. It's that aha moment. It's when the heavens open up and the angels, glory to God in the it's, 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 it's that moment where you say, oh, I should have had a V8. It's, it's that moment when you get it. Hindsight is always 2020. When you come to yourself, you will finally realize, oh God, this is what you were really trying to do. So he takes responsibility. He's accountable for his actions. Then he takes responsibility for his action. And then he has integrity. You see the integrity. And the Bible says that he was able to go to his father's house. He went back to the place where he was last submitted. He, did, he didn't run off and say, oh, well, I made a mistake. He goes back to submit. Because submission it's not an action, it's an attitude. God gave him the mentality that he was looking for when he graduated from the school of hard knocks. And I'm telling you, some of you got your PhD. And the Bible says that his father, he, when, 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 when he arose, to arise means you're operating at a higher plane than you were before. So it means that he has elevated thought life. He's rising up to a new realm and he's operating from that realm. I will arise. And he arose. He came to his father's house. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. This is a beautiful story. You know why? His father was able to say, God, I'm just going to give you a little time. I'm going to let you work. There comes a time when your mentor can see the potential in you and has the ability to trust God 
even when you make mistakes. And when you come to yourself, and you're accountable and you're responsible, and you have enough integrity, they don't beat you over the head. They kiss you, and they welcome you home. The Bible said, verse number 21, And the son said unto his father, Father, I've sinned against heaven, and in thy sight I am no more, no more worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand, and a shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fetid cow, and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. Watch this. For this my son, this my weas, was dead. That word dead doesn't mean physical. But, but this weas always had the weas thesis. That's the second part. Lying in him, but it was in potential form. And his experience qualifies him now to be son place. This, I've always embraced him, sonship. But now he's ready to be son place. And his father threw him a coming out party. He says, now it's been awakened. It's alive. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. The scripture goes on to talk about the elder son who was jealous, who didn't understand. How come you threw him a party? And I've been home all this time. That's because we as thesis is still in potential form in you. Because it's not the action. It's the attitude. It's the mentality. Galatians 4, 1 to 9 says, Now I say that the heir, as long as he's a child, differeth nothing from a servant. And you see him going into servitude, servitude, though he be Lord of all, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed by the father. Now, this is important because the time is not appointed by your mentor. This time is appointed by God. And you want to make sure that you don't miss your time. Don't stay in the pig pen too long. Don't be out there doing your own thing, wasting your talent, your time, your treasure, not having any core values, not having any discipline, no accountability. You're not responsible for anything. The Bible said he's under governors and tutors. When you fail to mentally and emotionally submit to the governor and tutor that God has placed in your life, either through your spiritual father, spiritual mother, or your mentor, or your teacher, then God himself takes matters in his own hands, and he does this, and the world becomes your governor and tutor. I'd rather be in God's divine school than to be in the school of hard knocks because there are many people that never get back. They never, ever come back. And when they do, it's often too late. And so there are several concepts here that we could excavate. Number one, the capacity building by the tutor. As long as you're a son, you know, you're no different from being a servant. So God places governors and tutors until the time appointed. What time appointed? When the father threw that party, it was his coming out party, 
where you were saying to the world, my son is now mature enough to become a mother father, to have access and to control the dynasty. It was never about the money. It was about who he was going to leave as a legacy, the work that he had started. It was about the dynasty. Number two, we can excavate from this story character building by the governors. So what you're going through is about God building capacity and character. Number three, it's about the sovereignty of God, the Father, driven by the principle of preparation and readiness. The tutors and governors were those who would be appointed by the Father and therefore qualified to build capacity, to dispense discipline, and those who would refine the temperaments and personality and intellect and skills and ability, as well as help to harness the gifts. They were appointed to ensure that the son would mature. So they were responsible for context, helping him to understand the context of the process. Number two, character. Number three, capacity. Number four, competence. Number five, commitment. Commitment comes with responsibility and accountability. Number six, capability. Your capability is comprehension, application, implementation, branding. Comprehension, application, implementation, branding. This is when you have your own personal brand. Now, when the prodigal son is then placed in that position, his father was able to publicly give him the recognition. Gave him several things. Gave him a ring, a robe, and sandals. A a ring, a robe, and sandals. Well, we've dealt with part one of we us and we us thesis being sun placed. And we're going to welcome you back to continue to follow us as we prepare you for the next part of our teaching. And that's we as thesis. And then we will be through stage number seven, going into stage number eight. Let's bow our heads. Our Father of God, we thank you for the time that you have appointed for us to begin to share this very critical stage, stage number seven. This is we us where we are now in the position of being a son, but then we qualify to be son-placed, to be recognized as mature enough, one with character, one with competency, one with capacity, one with commitment, so that, Father, he which hath begun a good work will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ, and will complete it until the very end. And so, as sons of the Most High God, help us to identify where we are in this process. Show us where we lack the discipline, where we lack the accountability, where we lack 100% responsibility. And do the work in us. We want to be matured, and we want to be used mightily of you, Father, show us where we have wasted our time, our talent, our substance. And let us put 
a full stop, a period beside that to begin a new sentence in the unfolding of the saga of our lives. I decree that we understand time is not wasted when we have a revelation of our future. And so, Father, give us a revelation of our future and let us fully embrace this process. Now unto him who is able to do the exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. Let the church say, Amen. God bless you. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.